0: hello everyone and welcome to the social circle influencer marketing podcast my name is Becky and today I'm going to be talking you through some of the most fascinating topics facing the ever-changing landscape of the industry but first a little by way of introduction so I began my career as a content creator on YouTube back in 2007 so this is my 10th anniversary on the platform and I mainly create fashion and lifestyle content and I actually work as creator liaison at social circle coming from the creator side I hope that I can give a unique insight into the day-to-day life of an influencer and uh, just you know hopefully help brands and influencers work together a little bit more smoothly. So today we are going to be exploring one of the most intriguing trends on YouTube at the moment but first I just wanted to take you through um, an interesting news topic that I found out about one of the platforms. So you may have seen in the news recently that YouTube has actually brought out its very own YouTube TV, which sounds so strange, but it is a real thing, and it is a USA-only thing at the moment as well. And basically, YouTube has brought out its own kind of TV network streaming service, and it's $35 a month, and there are over 40 networks available. One of the unique selling points is actually that it has unlimited cloud DVR storage, so that's a great thing which is taking advantage of the kind of digital world we're in. Another unique thing is that YouTube TV's subscription will actually also include YouTube Red subscription. So um, that is a product which has been rolling out. It hasn't hit the UK yet, but I'm very excited for it to do that. In case you don't know, YouTube Red is YouTube's very own advertising-free premium subscription package. So if you don't wanna see pre-rolls, you can just sign up for about $10 a month, I believe, and have an ad-free experience, and also have access to YouTube's own programming, which they have created themselves. With the YouTube TV subscription, you also get six accounts so it kind of works similar to Netflix in that you can have a lot of people using the same account for one household. The YouTube blog says that YouTube TV is live TV designed for the YouTube generation, those who want to watch what they want, when they want, how they want, without commitments. And it definitely does suit an on-demand audience, and is this the mode of TV for the new generation? YouTube veteran content creator Boogie2988 actually made a video about YouTube TV because of course it sounds quite intimidating to most content creators and it was really interesting to hear what he had to say.
1: So as a consumer, obviously, this is exactly what I've been looking forward to ever since I cut the cord over a decade ago. I have been looking for a cheap, inexpensive, legal way to get access to live television and also DVR the shows that I want for a a reasonable price. As a YouTube viewer, I'm pretty excited about this as well because I already watch about an hour to two hours of YouTube every single day. But me and my wife probably do watch three or four hours a week of current television. And if this becomes easier or more convenient to get access to, that just makes it so much better. And that obviously brings me to the YouTube creator side of things. And I have to say, anytime something like this happens, any YouTube creator is going to be very, very nervous. The people that watch a lot of YouTube are people that used to watch a lot of television. And if you make it easier and more convenient for those people to watch television, they'll watch less YouTube and return their eyes to mainstream television instead. But then again, on the other hand, there's also that large group of people who exclusively watch television and a lot of live television at that, who've never really dabbled very much with YouTube. And if these people start watching television through YouTube and are then being recommended YouTube videos that connects to the television they watch, then that's a whole brand new audience. So I think it's good for the consumer and I think it's great for the YouTube viewer, uh, but whether or not it's good for the creator really comes down to how YouTube chooses to handle this.
0: So the next thing that I wanted to talk to you all about was actually actually a topic which I found super interesting on YouTube recently. The rise of the toy tubers. It is a very weird phenomenon, which has just been kind of flooding everybody's recommended section. I'm going to read out some of the video titles for you. Bad Baby, Giant Nachos, Candy Challenge, Toy Freaks, Victoria, Annabelle. Frozen, Elsa and Anna cut dresses with Spider-Man, Joker, princesses, Belle, ice cream, Spider-girl, superhero fun. McDonald's cash register. Toy Pretend, Play Food, Cookie Monster, Happy Meal, Trolls Toys for Kids, Frozen, Elsa and Anna at the Toy Store, with Spider-Man, Joker, Maleficent, Pink Spider-Girl, Superhero, Fun, IRL. Now all of these titles are just so kind of nonsensical and it's so strange and it is really just showing that these channels are emerging and really confusing everybody on the platform. The way that most people are finding this content is that it's coming up in their recommended. And the recommended section on YouTube is actually really interesting in itself because you can still be recommended videos even if you have no kind of browser history or user data. Even if you create a fresh account you're still going to be recommended certain types of content and this kind of content is the one which falls into it because I know that I haven't been watching any videos related to toys so why am I being recommended all of these toy YouTube videos. The way that the recommended algorithm works is really interesting and is definitely hidden under many layers of code at YouTube. I would love to learn more about it. So what is this toy YouTube content? So it's mainly these videos and they're very very bright and colourful and they're almost silent movie-esque and basically it's just people kind of demonstrating children's toys, whether they're doing an unboxing, whether they're playing with it, it's just videos of toys being played with in a super bright and colourful way. Not only is the content itself super bright and colourful, but the thumbnails and the titles and the tags all work together in a very harmonious seo to reach as many people as possible and kind of game the algorithm something which i found particularly interesting was actually that many of these videos have a multilingual appeal so i mentioned silent movies before and i would insert some audio clips of the videos to give you a better idea but most of them don't really have any talking in them it's literally just music and over the top Charlie Chaplin acting so you can kind of really understand what they're trying to convey no matter what the language. And that really kind of proliferates through the SEO. You're not actually allowed to have extra tags in the description because there's a hierarchy of how YouTube uh, ranks the words that you put in. So obviously the words in the title of the video are going to be the most crucial for your ranking. Second is description. The words at the top of the description are more powerful than the words at the bottom and finally there's tags, which you can put anything in but it's the lowest down in the hierarchy. And there's a few ways that people get around these rules for your SEO. With the title, you can kind of get away with putting anything in it. And so these titles, which kind of don't really seem to make much sense, which name every single famous comic book character or Disney princess, you can have anything in the title. But in the description, you can actually get your account deleted if you have too many extra tags. So one channel I saw kind of getting around this loophole is they wrote the word toy in every single language in the world and they just put it there as kind of a fun and useful thing for the kids to kind of see but really it means that no matter what language the child is if they search the word toy in their own language then they're going to be placed in the search ranking and they're going to be able to have their videos appear to more people. So the genre of toy tube content has evolved over the past few months where it's just emerged. And it really, it kind of just began as a pair of hands in front of a camera playing with the toys. It didn't really have any identity. But now it's kind of become that the children themselves are hosting it, which kind of introduces a load more questions, which we're going to get into a little bit later. But considering the high views that these videos get, I wanted to explore the financial side. These videos are obviously monetized and you can see the pre-rolls before every single video. And when you see the astronomical views, sometimes as high as 35 million, 100 million views, there's also gonna be incredibly high ad revenue from that as well. One of the biggest ToyTube channels, Ryan Toys Reviews, is also one of the biggest toy channels in the world and also just one of the biggest channels in the world at the moment, has had 755 million views in the last 30 days. And from the amount of views per month, you can kind of extrapolate the ad revenue which is gonna match that as well. The estimate for 755 million views is around from anywhere between $122,000 all the way to $2 million per month and my estimate from being a content creator myself is that it's going to be anywhere around the 1 million mark per month ad revenue. It is astronomical. At Social Circle we work together to create bespoke branded content for brands on YouTube and other social media. So I was really interested to see if there was any brand integrations on these channels and while I look I can't necessarily find that many which is kind of interesting considering one of the main appeals of the content is the heavy branding and the kids seem to love the iconic cult brands and how they're used to gain views and traction. So while maybe the videos themselves are not paid advertisements. The descriptions have another kind of unique way of monetizing the content and I've seen most of them if not all containing affiliate links for not only toy brands, but also iTunes and Spotify and Amazon. Very generic things which anybody could make use of. It's really fascinating to me because generally most YouTubers will get most of their money from the branded content and the brand deals rather than from the ad revenue. But this could be the one case in the one genre where it's completely flipped on its head as I think that the amount of views that they're getting and just the pure revenue from ads alone is so much higher than what any kind of brand's budget is and you don't often see brands looking to do a brand integration with a budget of a million dollars and it's hard to see what the incentive is to do more branded content when their ad revenue is already just so high. There's also a little bit of a moral question which comes into play. And I feel this way about most content which contains children online. There's a huge content genre on YouTube of family vloggers and daily vloggers and they capture their children's lives from literally the day that they were born for years and years. But does consent come into it because the child hasn't really had a choice in if they want their life broadcast to often thousands if not millions of viewers. And again, when finance comes into it, these channels are making so much money and technically the child is working when they're making these videos there are a lot of child you know labor laws and regulations out there which I'm not sure have been adapted for the new emergence of YouTube the other issue is the user data which you can get from this with regards to influencer marketing often a lot of the people watching this content on YouTube are actually children themselves however you have to be at least 13 years old to have an account on YouTube and so with that the accurate ages of the viewers below that age who don't have an account isn't being collected there are lot of laws and regulations about what you can and can't advertise to children and it's interesting to see if this genre of content and the platform itself is going to be able to adapt to that in conclusion the algorithm is always changing and right now This is the content which seems to be really hitting the sweet spot and being able to gain millions and millions of views. But the algorithm will change and I'll be interested to see if this genre can keep the hype and keep its longevity as that evolves. I can see a lot of new channels emerging every single day doing the exact same type of content. But many things on YouTube come and go. And I don't blame any of the content creators for getting in there and making a really big book while they can. So I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on ToyTube and what an amazing phenomenon it is, especially with regards to influencer marketing. If you have any comments, make sure to email them to us at hello at socialcircle.media. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, visit our website, socialcircle.media, and also follow us on our social media channels. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Becky. See you next time.